Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, the podcast the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined always by the Grayson Hansen, the wonderful Cooper Klein, Cooper Klein's dog. Um, Daisy is her name, I should, I should just say her name. Um, I'm very tired, I'm like powering through, this has been long day of recording but that's all right we're uh keeping the content flowing and we're going to talk about doing my favorite type of pod as much as i love the 30 for 30 what i'm really here for is the nitty-gritty um down in the deep you know trying to scout these guys that's what i'm here for we're gonna talk about who we kind of determined are probably the top five internationals in this class i would say two of these guys are potential like could go as high as like 12 um and then after that, the range for these guys gets really wild. There is a chance these guys withdraw because the withdraw deadline for internationals is later. But I'm assuming at least at least four of them probably stay in. And these are the guys who I, I think all of us would be in, in agreement. These are like the top five in terms of like consensus view. So we're going to talk about some internationals. That'll come with some discussion of league and competition level and all that. So we're ready for that. Before we get too into it, Coopstone, my friends, how you guys doing? Doing wonderful, splendid, actually. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I've uh, what do you call it? Been uh, been grinding a ton of tape, um, and it's been super tiring, but it's uh, fulfilling to talk about these guys, and, and hopefully, I've been looking forward to this conversation in particular because uh, I need some clarity on a couple of them. So hopefully this discussion will provide that for not only myself but others listening yeah it's been a long day of recording and watching tape basically grinding before i have to leave for like a week so you know it's fun uh but this is an interesting group of guys a lot of big semi-funky semi not that good at basketball guys uh you know and just a slight correction. These are the top five internationals other than Wembenyama. Uh, don't need anybody like coming for us because uh, because we're stupid. But <laughs> but yes, it is. Uh, yeah, we 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 do know Wembenyama is an international here. Let's uh, let's hop right in to his teammate, Bilal Koulibaly. Uh, all right. But yes, yeah, so let's talk about Bilal Koulibaly. Stats are hard to judge when talking like international stuff because there's a lot of small sample size uh, if you go different places you will find different stats i'm just going to go off real gm i think at the very least with real gm it is consistent and i like that it splits up its stuff by leagues so for Bilal Koulibaly while playing with the senior team uh of uh the met 92 the the older team he averaged 18 minutes point uh 18 minutes per game Started quite a few games down the stretch of the season, but didn't play much early on. He's he averaged 5.8 points per game on 50.9, 36.8, 61.4 shooting splits. All scrapped 3.1 rebounds, added in 0.8 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.2 blocks, and turned it over a little under one time per game. Um, he had a really solid 59% true shooting. Um, none of the rebound rate really pops that much. 6.3 is not bad for an offensive rebound rate. 
Did have a 16.5% turnover percentage to only a 6.9% assist rate. Really rough there. Um, 2.5 steal rate and 1.1 block rate are both pretty good when you consider that he was basically playing as a two or a three, depending on what lineup he was out there with. And like Met is not a team that forced a ton of turnovers outside of him and Wemby. So it was a lot of him and Wemby getting in there. Of course, what a lot of people are going to point to is uh, his play with the the U21 team. And there he averaged 21.9 points per game on 53, 32.4, 76.6 shooting splits. Um, also grabbed, you know, 6.4 rebounds, threw in 2.5 assists, got almost three steals, 1.2 blocks, 2.8 turnovers. I won't go through the advanced stats there. Generally, U21, like, league stuff for Europe is pretty bad. If there's just a collection of, like, a U19 team for a whole country and it's just a whole country's U19 versus a whole other country's U19, it's a little better. But when you're talking one, uh, I, I guess I don't know exactly the term, but, like, one big team's, like, lower levels of comp, it's a little, it's it's not great. It's it's tend to not focus too much on the stats there. Um, Kulabali is very young. He's a July 26, 2004 birthday. He will not turn 19 until after the draft. Uh, his rookie season will be his age 19 season. Uh, he's listed at 6'6", 230. Uh, I doubt he's that heavy. Uh, and he might even be a little taller than 6'6". Um, and his arms are very long. Um, actually, Draft Express lists him at 6'8". 190 um and i still cannot find a wingspan but i would guess I think it, the uh the measurement i saw i don't know if it's official is seven two yeah the, actually draft.net has seven three he's long he looks like bruno caboclo out there for whatever that's worth um so uh but the place i want to start is with like his weird playmaking game because i think there's something to it and i also can't decide what that is if that makes sense um i want to start with his his playmaking feel his ability to make plays for himself and others i think there's a lot of academy brain there and academy brain is this concept that i think i first heard talked about by pd webb uh of course the great ad above the break three it probably originated before him i can't remember who i heard talk about it first but i believe the first time i heard it was in the context of tail maladon and I feel like there's a lot of that with Bilal Koulibaly. Some of his passes and certain reads can look really good, but he is a slave to the scheme in a lot of ways. He is very locked into, I'm reading this one thing. If that, and, and lots of times it's not even reading anything. It's just, I know I'm supposed to throw this pass at this time. So even if that pass is taken away, he'll throw the pass sometimes. This is something I, I harped on with Colby Jones. I think Koulibaly has it to a, uh, more extreme extent, though he's obviously younger than Colby Jones. Coop, how do you feel about Koulibaly's overall kind of feel and playmaking with the ball? Well, he's the the king of just single reads, right? Like, his job is to get Wembenyama the ball in the pick and roll, right? Wemby's going to roll hard, even if there's like three guys on Wemby, and the one specific circumstance I remember is you have almost a perfect straight line of his view, right? And you can see Wembenyama, there are three guys converging on him, and you can see a shooter coming out of the corner, basically like straight line in Koulibaly's sight vision, or like line of sight. 
and he still like forces the pass to Wemby and doesn't make the kickout pass with like no defenders, straight line, clean pass to the shooter. Uh, and that was kind of like the perfect like illustration of him as a passer. I think he just, uh, it's kind of like what you, what you Bryce talked about with, uh, with Colby Jones, right? Like his job is to throw the post entry pass. And so even if there's four guys on Wemby, he is going to throw the post entry pass. Um, he turns the ball over a lot on really dumb stuff, like trying to force dumb passes that, you know, he needs to adapt to. Um, and he just like, cannot read anything other than mainly a roller. There's like flashes of like, okay, he gets to the middle of the floor, but I think a lot of that is just, that's what he's schemed to do. He's schemed to get there and there's not a big man rolling. So then he has to make a decision, but he's, he's like pre-programmed to pass there. Right. But once there is no option for him to hit the roller, then he looks to the shooter. Then he looks to the outside. Um, and it's I, it's kind of scary, especially because his delivery isn't like great. Yeah, I think just from watching a lot of what he did in the regular season and then or, or I guess the higher up team and the, the U21 team, there is definitely a difference in comfortability that he has between the two leagues of what sort of passes he's going to make. I think some of it is, um, like you guys were saying, that the coaching is, you know, I mean, somewhat limits him as to what he can do because uh, I think when he tries to get more creative, doesn't work out all that well the majority of the time um, when he tries it in like U21. Um, <clears throat> I think that the the vision is somewhat limited in terms of when he's attacking. Um, I think he, he's not seeing everything as a passer, the floor in totality. Um, and I think that there's a lot of just rigidness to the passing. Uh, Coop, you mentioned the delivery. Uh, I think the delivery is can have his flashes of creativity, but for the most part, I think is pretty straightforward. Uh, I think that the accuracy... Uh, could definitely be improved in a lot of the the passes he's throwing, um, and as far as like the handle, I think it's it's just very underdeveloped is the way I would put it. I think that um, you know we're talking about some of the negatives with him, but he's you have to keep in mind how young he is. So I think there's there's room obviously for improvement as opposed to someone that's you know twenty that we talk about that is not the best ball handler. Um, I think that there's a lot of upside with the physical tools he has because of how quick he can leave the ground, how long his arms are. There's like in-air passing equity that could be had. There's a lot of creativity equity in there, but I think that um, none of it has really come to fruition at this point in time. Um, so a, a lot of the way I'll be talking about Kulabali throughout this episode is, is more, um, you know, what he could be because currently I think that there's a lot of things that he's really going to have to um, polish and, and, and uh, develop. Uh, and I think outside of the like fast break handle, there's a lot to develop there too um, that, that needs to be developed, I would say. Yeah, so staying for right now with a focus on uh, the playmaking for me, I, I, I'm with Coop where like it's very rigid um, and, and a lot of the reads – 
on the roll are like like absurdly simplified. They would they would run this play often, and they had everyone run this play because they determined that hey, Wemby doesn't need like like he could finish over a contest, but he needs to actually be able to get the ball. So it's just completely empty out his side and run an empty side pick and roll all the time. And that's what they did that. And he throws that lob fine, but he's never making other reads out of it. I actually, Stone, I actually kind of disagree with with your thoughts on the handle. I actually think his handle is pretty all right. It's a little loose, but I think he has like real moves and he has some reactivity. The issue is just that, and maybe you're right, underdeveloped is a great term for it. Like, he just doesn't have a a a a good feel for when to hit certain moves, and he's so locked into just doing what is asked of him that he's not really experimenting at all. And when you watch the U twenty one stuff, I think that shows a lot. And again, the competition is not particularly good here, but like I think he does show that he has some real moves, but he's kind of hitting them irrespective of what's going on i think that happens a lot with he loves this like right to left finish with his right hand euro step and he will go to that when there is absolutely no need to go to a euro step he has a a full like he could step around the guy and extension finish he could you know hit a spin or he could jump stop whatever it doesn't matter he wants if he wants that euro step he's gonna hit it and i think there's a lot of that kind of predetermining a lot of that, um, as someone described Keontae George like this too, where it's like, it looks like he practices a lot against cones. And that's kind of how a lot of his game feels. I really like that explanation. And I think that's how Bilal Koulibaly's handle feels. Now there's some upside because he's young, because he's super athletic. And like the handle isn't broken. He has some moves and he's not like dribbling off his foot that maybe he could start to string things together. But I think that the general awareness the the feel like just the natural basketball feel doesn't quite match up with some of the intermittent skills i would say um but i will say that he is like stupid fast like he might be like the fastest guy in a dead sprint in this class um there are times where he has the ball like he he rarely got to like grab and go or you know catch an outlet and push but when he did, he just beats everyone down the floor. It's kind of like, I mean, it's it's almost like Terrence Shannon Jr. was a similar way. And I think there is value to that. Like, just someone who's really fast. I think we sometimes underrate top-end speed because basketball is so much a game that's quickness, not speed. But his speed is impressive. And I think he's got, like, a good first step. Not a great first step, but a good one. And he is, like, able to explode off the ground, off one or two, he can't explode through contact, though, and he can't explode through tight spaces. And that does kind of take me to, Coop, I'm going to throw this to you. How would you feel about him? Like, is there much on-ball scoring equity there at all? Or do you think, like, the finishing is is fairly limiting? I just don't know what there is there on the ball, or, like, as a score. Um, because every single time he touches the ball, <clears throat> unless it's kind of, like, push and transition like you were alluding to, and even then he prefers to pass, his goal is to pass, right? He is getting the ball as like, oh, I'm going to run a pick and roll and I'm going to pass. He picks up the ball a lot. Um, he just, that's another way that he like turns the ball over, just doing dumb stuff. He just kind of picks the ball up and then doesn't know where to go often in the pick and roll. Um, he just, 
like uh, none of the impressive stuff that he does as a scorer is on the ball, right? Because he has to dribble. I think he's, uh, like you said, really fast, but he's not, the, the first step isn't good enough and the handle isn't good enough to for him to be able to utilize that other than in transition. But he is like that level of athlete where you watch him and you're like, why is he jogging all the time? And it's like, oh, he's actually covering so much ground, almost like Kendall Brown-esque, right? Like as a mover where he's just so fast that it looks so casual. Um, but he just can't, like in the half court, his best offense is offensive rebounding, right? And cutting and the handle isn't functional enough and the shot isn't functional enough. I guess I'll, I'll let you guys get into that, but the shot is just so slow and he can't really create off the dribble that he's not much of a half court creator. I think that the, well, before I get more to the shot, I think that the, um, handle is somewhat limiting in terms of what he can do as a half court scorer. Um, I do find it very underdeveloped. I think that he, he's not uncoordinated or anything. It's not like he's like, you know, dribbling it way high or out or off his foot or anything. Um, I just don't think there's much that he's leveraging into creation. Um, I think that's probably the best way to put it where he can handle but it's not leading to a lot of um, advantages. I think that um, he struggles to, I think he struggles to just be in that mindset of scoring, like you guys are saying. And I think when he does get downhill, I actually like the finishing. I think he's very under control around the rim. I think that he um, is super long to where he uses the arm extension, somewhat like Max Lewis, where he just can, use that length over guys and get around guys. Um, it's obviously more predominant in the U21 leagues, but um, he showed flashes of it, you know, just in, on the um, the A team. And I think that he needs to figure out how he can leverage that finishing and playmaking and sort of meld the two together. Um, I think right now they're somewhat separate entities with them where they're not really something that he – let's coexist within his game i think a lot of times it's can i find a baseline cutter or can i get to the rim and not one or the other i think bryce brought it up earlier with someone like hood shafino where it's, it's someone the um the switch between scoring and passing isn't super fluid and i think that's the case right now with below um i think that like i said i really like the finishing i like the upside with the finishing um Bryce, I'm sure I'll get more into the shooting mechanics of it all. I don't really buy a whole lot of touch with him, and it makes me concerned about that plus the uh, unesthetic mechanics of the three that I, I don't really project it long-term. But, um, yeah, I think as far as, like, half-court scoring, finishing is probably the thing I'm highest on, and I think something I do buy is translating. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I am worried about his like his how thin he is, and he just struggles to like explode through contact. Like I think the athleticism looks really good in space, but in tighter spaces, or especially when he feels pressure on him, like it just he just looks a lot less athletic. And I think that kind of shows up in, like the pick and roll. I feel like he struggles to explode out of the pick and roll when a defender's there as much. He looks better attacking off a catch. Um, as for the jumper. I it just doesn't look all that good to be honest like I don't want to say I completely don't buy it 
Um, I, I I've posted a couple clips like his base is just really wide and inconsistent and it's just so slow. It feels like a very segmented jumper where you have the first segment, which is like the dip and move his right leg in. And then you have like this like shoulder shrug and rise. And then he's kind of up into it. And it just, it just doesn't look comfortable. It doesn't look good. Can he open corner threes? Maybe um, he's super young, I'm, but I'm with you. So I don't buy the touch. He's, he's really going to have to, like, I, I don't think what he brings offensively is good enough that he can't at least like be a passable 34, 35% shooter on open corner threes. Like he has to at least get to that level, in my opinion, unless the defense is really good, which we're going to talk about in a second. Coop, what do you think of, of Kulabali's like off ball scoring package? So he's really nice at like scheme cuts. I think you posted a lot of really good clips about it. Um, but he is like really great at like, oh, the offense is moving and then I'm supposed to curl in here. And his timing is really good. But you can tell when plays break down, he doesn't he doesn't like move super confidently off the ball is the only way I can really describe it. Like he does a lot of like, oh, I'm going to slowly inch my way into the paint once the play's broken down and it's just kind of like a Wemby ISO. Um, and he's just kind of like, moving kind of slowly he he does like really cut like backdoor well from like a corner guy i think that could be like a really cool uh like yeah if you're if he can hit a solid amount of his corner threes and then be an elite like backdoor cutter um because he can catch oops he can go like baseline and then like come off of a dho on the other end uh, and like be like a weak side distraction action because he's so fast and he's pretty good at running off of screens. I mean, Wemby doesn't like set the best screens and the other bigs don't like set the best screens, but he can come off of them well. And if you tell him where to go, he can, I mean, you have to keep track of him because otherwise he's just going to slip right to the rim and get a wide open, easy dunk. And he's such a quick leaper and he's so like fast and quick in general that if you let him slip away, well, then he's he's at the rim, especially in NBA spacing. I think that's going to be the case. Um, I think that's, like like I said earlier, the, the offensive rebounding as well is just another aspect of that. I think he, he doesn't like always fight for offensive rebounds, but when he's in offensive rebounding position and like when he has like a clear lane, he gets there and he can get up and, and, and snag boards. And, and I, I really buy him as an off-ball scorer, especially long-term. I think the cuts are the the main drawing point, like you said, schemed. I don't we we haven't really seen a lot of like non schemed off ball cuts because I feel like most of the time he's playing U twenty one competition, he's on the ball majority of the time. So seeing that sort of just like instinctual off ball cutting is something we haven't really seen. But if I, if he's executing the scheme stuff as well as he uh, did, then you know I don't really have any concerns that that won't be something that he he has in terms of the instinctual stuff um i think that uh the shooting is a hindrance um and with that like you you're gonna have to really rely on cutting to be something as an off-ball guy um and that's gonna have to be a big part of your game offensive rebounding i agree with you i was really impressed with a lot of the advantages of that is coming from the physical tools that he has like he's got such long arms and he's so springy as an athlete like he he gets off the ground quick um where i think 
that helps a lot of the offensive rebounding. Um, so imagining, you know, what he can do once he develops better positioning and understanding of when to attack those boards and, and timing of it all, I think he can actually be like a really high level offensive rebounder. Um with because you know currently that's already a positive without those things without the more polished technical aspects of it um i think he i when he has momentum going towards the rim i think he finishes through contact well um when he's a, an off ball cutter i thought that he did well to you know draw fouls or uh finish around guys like i said i like the control with his arms around the rim uh, something that impressed me. So, I mean, finishing and cutting is really what's going to be his bread and butter as an off-ball sort of guy because um, I don't think there's a ton of, like, connective passing equity uh, because, you know, we already touched on this sort of, like, quote-unquote academy brain of it all um, where I think that limits some of the upside of what connective passing there could be. Um, so the, the finishing and cutting has to be really elite in order for me to buy him at L offensively. And I think that uh, with time, it projects to be that for me. Yeah, I think, I think that's all fair. I think that's kind of a, a solid portrait of his offensive game. Um, let's talk about his defense, because I think that's where the real intrigue is, as with most kind of athleticism-based wings. Um, I, think, I think I want to start with his on-ball defense. Let's start with the good. I think he's a really solid on-ball defense prospect. Now, he's skinny, and that's always a worry. I also kind of have a, a similar but different issue that I had with some of the other guys we've talked about where I think, like, his footwork is really weird. His his stride lengths aren't tight, but I think they're, like, misjudged consistently. He kind of allows himself to get shifted off base a lot, um, but he's so long that it helps him recover really well. Like his recovery tools are really, really elite. And he didn't have to do a ton of recovery defense for Met because he played with Victor Wembanyama. Um, and, and Victor Wembanyama is a one man recovery machine. Um, but like, I think Bilal's tools there are really good. I think his hips are solidly quick, not the quickest hips we're going to talk about today. I don't think, but solid and i think that his length again is just smothering like he can get in passing lanes he can just poke balls free at times um so yeah that's, that's kind of where i'm at coop how'd you feel about his on-ball defense uh the on-ball was all right i think he was really good at like switching and directing guys as like oh my man comes and then here comes the screen you're gonna switch you're gonna go and he's like pointing and moving guys like that um, my biggest problem is that his screen nav is kind of meh. I get he's kind of a bigger guy, but he's incredibly skinny. Most of these guys aren't making full contact on these screens. And uh, he just gets clipped really hard uh, on a lot of stuff that it doesn't feel like he should get super clipped on. But like you said, he does play so well in recovery because he's, a, you know, a, an elite athlete or a borderline elite athlete, however you want to say him. Uh, and he's so long, he's so quick twitch, and, you know, he also has Wemby behind him. But I, like, he's really, his arms are just so long that, like, you can't get around him <laughs> as, like, an on-ball defender. His footwork isn't great and kind of get muscled through. But, I mean, he's solid, and, and for, like, someone as young as he is in, like, a league with grown-ass men, 
like he is. I, th- I think he's a really solid on-ball defender. Yeah, I think the the on-ball, I mean, I liked it pretty much at the point of attack too, outside of like really bursty guys or or, or guys with really good handle, which is going to be a lot in the NBA. So I think on-ball, he's probably best as someone more on the wing. Um, you mentioned the skinniness. He, again, he's really uh, young, so I don't really have a problem seeing him fill out like he's not – um, he has a frame to to put on muscle and some weight. Yeah, he definitely. Um, that's a great point. He definitely has a frame that looks like he could add like fifteen to twenty five pounds and not lose like a ton of quickness. Yeah, and I think that he's that level of athlete to where, um, obviously you never want to like overdo it in terms of putting on weight too quickly. But I think that he's the sort of athlete that can put on like you said like 20 25 pounds and it doesn't affect too much of what he does as an athlete because i think he's just like really toolsy in that way um i think that uh the wingspan definitely helps i wish he would use it more um in terms of trying to take more swipes at the ball not gamble necessarily but like try and event create a little bit more when he's on the ball um I think uh, he has um, a lot of decent lateral mobility. Um, I wouldn't call him elite in that regard, but I don't think it's bad either. Um, I, I think that the uh, the quickness of the load time when guys go up for shots is really impressive. Um, I think that he can be like a really solid on-ball rim protector, so not someone that you're – necessarily scheming around defensively or, or putting as your primary rim protector near the rim for an entire game, but somebody that um, when their guy drives in and thinks he has an open shot towards the rim, uh, I think that uh, Bilal can can really get up there and, and alter shots uh, if he's staying alongside them. Uh, so I liked the on-ball stuff. I thought, um, you know, he wasn't there, – there's a lot of tools to work with there. Um, like I said, with the wingspan, the jump – the, the, the quick load time on everything. Uh, and I think a lot of what Bilal is for me is that bet on tools in, in age, right? Like hopefully that this, um, with age, he develops uh, how to learn and learns how to use these tools like to an even greater advantage uh, than he already does. Um, and I think that that is the main selling point for him as a whole, but on defense, like he's already pretty solid on ball. And I think he can be that much better um, with more added, uh, you know, strength and, and um, coaching and technical aspects uh, as he comes of age. Yeah, I think I think his issues on ball defensively are more uh, fixable than than sums and, and and like his like screen nav isn't great, but he's six seven. Like again, it's not as good as someone we're going to talk about who's on ball defense I really liked, but I do think that there's upside there for him to guard you know, a lot of the best twos and threes in the league, you know, he's going to get bullied by Jason Tatum and he's probably going to get blown by, by like a, you know, I don't know, John Moran, but like, I think he can do a serviceable job on a lot of different guys. His off ball defense, I think is another story. Um, He has a major issue with just like not making second efforts at all. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, He'll make like a solid rotation, but then just not finish the play um, and I, again, I feel like this is sort of like an academy brain thing and not necessarily just an effort thing because it's like, he's like, okay, I make the right rotation. I did it. I made the right rotation. Like it's a drill. 
oh, but there's still like something else happening and I haven't like adjusted to that and, and reworked my effort and, and figured out what I need to do next. It's just the right, it's just the one thing. Um, you know, he's not, well, he can get vertical as a low man. I think his 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 current skinniness makes him, um, you know, easy to jump through right now. And also, like, I think his rotations are a step late oftentimes. Um, and that's, you know, a difference that's going to be hard for him to uh, make up in the NBA. Uh, I think his closeouts are really off balance. Like, he looks like someone who should have, like, great closeouts. Uh, and, and again, like, his recovery tools are good. But, like, I feel like he doesn't change direction super quickly. And that does make his closeouts a bit tough. And and I don't know. I just – I found his off-ball defense really frustrating, which was a surprise to me because I see that steal rate in a good league. And I'm like, oh, like there's definitely something there. But I think almost all of it is just that he's long as shit and his hands are good enough. Like it's not that he's like super instinctive. It's not that he's making a ton of great plays. It's just him just standing on the wing with his arms straight out covers so much ground. And like he does have a solid feel for if the ball's in this in my area, I can get to it. But I just I feel like his off ball defense leaves a lot to be desired. Stone, are you kind of with me here? Yeah, I was less impressed with the off ball stuff than it was the on ball um i think i really buy the tools of what he could be as like a help side rim protector probably more than i should uh just because the arms the length i actually think he did a pretty good job recognizing rotations uh early on uh and i think when he got there the the biggest issue for me was um if he came over to the help and the initial guy that he's coming to help for like passes to a teammate or something, I think he struggles to adjust quickly enough to then rotate over to that guy. Like I guess secondary rotations is what you would categorize it as, but um, that was somewhat frustrating for me. I agree with you where the second efforts are not there um, on as a rotational guy or off ball guy. Um, but I think, that's something that can be, you know, coached out and, and, and taught a bit more. Um, I think that the the help side rim protection stuff um, is good, but I also think that um, with added strength, it can be like a lot better. Like you were saying, I think guys are going to finish through him early on, but I think that he's going to be uh, someone that can put on a lot of weight and be really effective there. Um the one thing I have an issue with or currently have an issue with him, but I think it's fairly fixable and teachable is that he like throws all of his momentum on like 90% of the help side stuff. He's throwing like all of his momentum towards that guy to get the block. Like if the shot goes up or a guy pump fakes, he's flying through the air to try and get it. Um, and it takes him out of the play a lot of times because he's, he's got so much momentum going uh, towards that direction that once he flies by, um, he, he's too like even with his tools as a recovery guy he's just too far away to really get back in time so that's my one like nitpicky type thing is that I think he's really got to be a bit more disciplined in terms of you know how much momentum he's putting towards a help side rim protection thing Um, but when he's like standing still or, or a lot more disciplined on um, it's very few occasions at this point in time with him but uh, it, I found it to be really effective so I think that's something he can fix and I think makes him a really um, impactful help side guy. And I think that's probably what his off ball 
role is best optimized as? Yeah, I don't really have much to add. Uh, I do think just as of right now, he's too vertical around the rim, especially for how skinny he is. Uh, like he's he's just getting flung around and it's like, dude, your hand is like literally two inches from the ball. Just please block it or do something. And he just gets flung to the side. Um, and then he is like really good at at being in positions to like dig. And then like not using his hands to actually like disrupt the ball handler. So he just kind of like, oh, it's 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 like it's a drill. It's really like now that we talked about it, it's like almost everything he does, it feels like, oh, he learned this from doing a drill and he hasn't maybe hasn't gotten enough reps or they haven't like actually brought this over to uh, like like actual like game type drills where he's like actually able to put this stuff into work, but it, everything looks like it is correct. And then when the play breaks down, it's like, Oh, what do I do now? And he looks lost and it's, it's kind of, it's concerning, but he is incredibly young. And I think that that is something that can come pretty easily with reps and with time. And uh, I don't know. That's, that's now I got to think about it some more. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I'm glad you talked yourself into thinking about it. But for me, where I come down on on Koulibaly overall is that I think he's a really interesting like flyer type guy. I think the lottery talk is a bit much because he's someone who is definitely not like he's definitely not like a for sure NBA player or anything like and. and what his role is is definitely a bit in question, right? He's someone who who profiles as a three, probably not strong enough to play the four, good on ball defender for certain types of players, but not like a pure lockdown guy. Pretty rough in help right now. Could grow there. Could potentially be a solid playmaker. And then offensively, he's just kind of like what you want him to be is a spot up shooter, closeout attacker, occasional cutter. That's not really what he is right now, though, because. When he's not schemed, he's just standing completely still. I'm not sure the shot is completely there. So he's another guy. And and my second round is just like, feels huge at this point. I only have 23 guys with a first round grade who are still in this class. But I'm throwing Bilal in that group too. I have him currently at 33. I have him right next to guys like, you know, Bobby Clipman, Amari Bailey, City Sissoko, kind of in that area with those type of guys. I just, I think he could if he... If he hits, he's like a a potential starter, but I I just I don't know maybe I'm too low. Stone, where where are you at with with uh, Koulibaly? This discussion helped a little bit. I raised him a couple spots probably after this. Uh, I have him at like forty right now. Um, I think uh, sort of mid second round is or uh, the the area I would be looking to take him. I agree with you that I view him much more as like a flyer than a um a guy that I'm I'm betting that much on uh in in the lottery or first round for me. Um I understand the intrigue. Uh I, I do get, you know, I've been there in the past with past prospects where like uh, obviously me and Bryce had Kai Jones top five. Uh, we'll probably never live that down, but it's where, you know, the similar situation of you just buy these tools so much. Um Maybe I have a little bit of PTSD from that, and I don't want to make the same mistakes with Bilal, and I want to hedge my bets a little bit. Um, but 
I, I I can't get there in terms of lotto or or first round talk, but I think he's uh, probably my favorite um, flyer on like bet on tools type of guy. I have him above Imani for whatever that's worth. So, um, and I view him in that sort of mold of a guy who you're you're really betting on being super young because he is, um, and you're really betting on the physical tools playing out uh, and being effective. So. Um, that's where I'm at with him. And I think that, uh, he's obviously going to stay probably in that range for the remainder of this, this cycle. So I, through this conversation, just thinking about it and, uh, I have raised significantly on Bilal, uh, probably like 10 ish spots, um, from where I would have had him. I think right now I have him at like 22 in my end of the first tier um i also like just don't know how i feel about like once you get past 20 it's like kind of a shit show and you could just go with whoever you want but um i think Bilal is is like absolutely deserves to be mentioned in like the top five athletes in the class discussion um i think he's weird because of like the way he's wired he has that you know the euro academy wiring but it's like I like you watch him and it's like he knows how to play. He just doesn't know how to play. Right. I, I sound like a, a moron, but I, I think with with reps and with just like letting him play through mistakes and putting him in more situations where he's forced to like be more of a primary, even though it's like not going to be his role. Like if you draft him and you shove him down in the G League for like a year and a half and you just are like you are running. 500 pick and rolls a game. You are going to work on your three-pointer. You're going to take pull-up threes. And like you, you're you going to work on all this primary stuff. Then you're going to come back up to the main team and you're going to put all of that into action, scaled back. We're going to work on your defense. You know, I, I think if you have a real plan for Bilal, it's obvious that he can like do the stuff that you need playoff rotation players to do, right? And I, I think with more reps and more time, he could really get to the point where it's like, oh, this guy is like the sixth best player on a playoff team or like your fifth best starter. And he just fills in the gaps and you can teach him to do a lot of different stuff. Um, He's just kind of behind the eight ball right now. I think and you've I, convinced me. I, I think you've convinced me. I, I, I think Bilal is, as you describe it, and the more I think about my board and my boards become very fluid, I, I, Honestly, I'm not happy with like any of my rankings in this class. And maybe that's just my own personal, like, um, you know, as, as I've kind of done this more, like just getting, I, I, I mean, I focus too much on evaluating the players as they currently are not projecting yada, yada, yada. Sometimes when you get too deep, it's, it's hard to get macro again. You know what I mean? We're so focused on these players, micro skills. And, and as you talk about it, Coop, I kind of get where you're coming from. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like if he hits, he's a starter. Like he's a starter if things work and and not just like some like bum starter, like, like he is meaningfully better at like a 75th percentile outcome than someone like a Bobby Clinton or an Amari Bailey. And I think that does matter. So I'm going to move. I, I will have him in my first round. Like, I, I, I think, I think that's, that's a worthwhile, you could take in the back end of the first round, you can take pure bust. Like, and honestly, like, 
you're right. Like he probably is a top five-ish athlete in this class. The shooting numbers aren't awful. Do I think he can really shoot? Probably not. But if he can hit some open ones, if he can run to that second side pick and roll, I don't know. I get what you're saying. I think I, I think I'm with you, even though it's potentially against my better judgment. Um, the the ahead, one sir. thing I would say too is, for for whatever team gets him, I feel like he's gonna be a multi-year project. Um, he to to get to that positive rotation player, even I think it's gonna take a good two three years. He's very young, so he has that opportunity to do so. And we're not talking about someone that's uh, 20, 21, that, that probably isn't going to have that long of a leash or, or time frame to succeed in the NBA. But um, I think that whatever team gets him is going to have to have some patience with him, give him the reps in the G League uh, for, for uh, at least a couple of years. Um, and I think has to like with like with so many prospects but especially these guys that are more projecty types um have to have the understanding of we can't give up on him prematurely because he's going to take a lot of time to develop he's not going to be someone that can come in from day 1 and give you positive nba minutes uh, it's probably going to be rough the first couple of years and i think that uh, if you're taking Kulabali, especially spending first round or or near lotto equity on him um, you have to make sure that that's you know something you understand, and it's not like uh, two or three year window, and uh, we're gonna have to cut ties with you, to, sort of thing. I will one last thing for uh, if you all have anything else, but with Bilal, um, I think he can do stuff on an NBA floor now. I don't think he's gonna do like I don't think he's gonna be good on an NBA floor. I don't think he's even gonna be like neutral on an NBA floor, but there are things that he can do where you can at least lie to yourself and be like, okay, you can be on an NBA floor. I wouldn't like do that if I were a team, but he can be a scheme cutter. He can be a man defender and like kind of smart off ball defender. He's not my favorite, but you know, there's, there are things that he can do to trick you into putting him on the floor as a, you know, as a, as a young guy. And it's, it's why he's like my favorite, like absolute project in this class, because there, there are things that he already does. And he's like doing in one of the top leagues in the world outside of the NBA. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think he just, I, I, I have gotten myself too far away from projecting, I've gotten too uncomfortable with like projecting players out because this year I'm trying to be like, oh, this guy outside of my top 20, like this guy, he j he's just good. But uh, I think especially with someone who is so young and already has skills and projects, has, has a very easy path forward to get more skills and is so athletic. Uh, it's the kind of swing that like at the, at the end of the first round, like who who are most of the players that have gone at the end of the first round over the last few years that have just like it feels like there's a lot of guys who are just nothing burgers. Even like Josh Christopher is like a worse athlete and only went because he's a good athlete. Wendell Moore goes at the end of the first round. If you're the Timberwolves in three years, would you rather have Wendell Moore, probably still a nothing burger, or Bilal Kulabali? who at least who it will be the age Wendell is right now in three years and a way better athlete or like Jovic, 
Jovic, you cannot play on an NBA floor right now other than like the shooting, maybe. And even then it's like, eh. I don't think Bilal is going to get abused. I, you know, I, I think you get my point. I'm over speaking here, but uh, I, I like Bilal. I, this conversation, I talked myself into him. Let's talk about someone who I like a lot less than Bilal. Um, and that's Nikola Jurisic. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. It's also spelt two different ways, probably because um, us dumb Americans need to see the J to say it right. So it, on some sites, it's spelt DJ. U-R-I-S-C-I-C, or S-I-C, sorry. Some some accounts, it's just D-U-R-I-S-I-C. So it's Jurisic. I know that much. Uh, we'll stick with that. He's a February 23rd, 2004 birthday. Just recently turned 19, year old, 19 years old. Another fairly young guy. He's from Belgium. Um, and he uh, played for KK Mega BMAX, uh, which is, of course, probably the most famous like prospect hub of all European teams, like individually, like obviously some of the best players have come from Real Madrid or Barca, but in terms of like one that's in a somewhat lower league that just continually turns out prospects, it's KK Mega B Max. Um, he's listed at 6'8. He measured in the combine at 6700 without shoes. So 6'8 feels about right. He actually looks smaller than that to me on tape, but I also think some of that is the angle of the mega games, like is lower at home. So, like, it, everyone looks kind of smaller. Um, he had a 6.8.25 wingspan, so not, not super long arms, but definitely wing-sized. Um, this year, four Mega B-Max um, in ABA play, which is the primary league, it's where he played basically all of his games. He averaged 13 points per game on 41.3, 24.2, 68.7 shooting splits. Um, also uh, added about three rebounds, about four assists, little over a steal, about three turnovers. Um, for some more advanced stats, he had a 50.9% true shooting, very worrying, but a solid 22.5% um, assist rate to 19.5% turnover rate, um, 1.8% or basically a 2% steal rate. Um, I think the place starts with the passing uh, because that is that is the whole cell. The entire cell with Nikola Jurisic is the passing. So Stone, I'll throw this to you. How'd you feel about Jurisic as a passer? Well, first of all, I'd like to address the the Barca comment. Um, I'm appalled that he did not pronounce it Barca as properly would be pronounced. Um, but that's okay. Uh, we'll move forward. Uh, with Jurisic, the the passing is insane. Like I I legitimately believe he's one of the best passers I've ever evaluated in the past several years. Like he has it all as a passer um fantastic touch the accuracy is ridiculous um i think that like any sort of pass he can make left hand right hand thread needles um i think lobs like you name it dursich does it and he does it in a way that is um extremely effective sometimes flashy uh like I think we're legitimately talking about like one of the top five passers, uh, at least within the past like five years. Um, can't overstate it enough. But I think a lot of the passing is is like through transition, um, through like semi transition and really like scheme stuff that the handle is not there, and that's really what I think sets him back. Right is like. If he cannot handle in the half court, if he can't create 
these windows as a passer, uh, it's really going to be tough for him um, to execute them and, and, and get those windows for himself. A lot of it is based upon craft. I think he's a very crafty player where he uses a lot of jab steps, head fakes, um, different movements to really get uh, downhill. Uh, he doesn't have the quickest first step. It's not bad either, but it's not not super quick. Um, and I think, you know, figuring out how that translates to the NBA is my biggest thing. Like, this is why I was looking forward to this conversation, because how how much of that craft from from the Adriatic League can translate to the NBA where he's playing much better athletes, uh, guys that are much quicker, longer, faster, um, and how does that affect his passing? Um, and I think that's what I'm really here for today is to talk about how much can Jurisic translate um, to the NBA. Yeah, like you said, that bag of passes is like extraordinarily deep. Skips laydowns over the tops uh he's super ambitious as a passer like anything that is there he is going to try it um like to to a ridiculous degree where it's like yeah chill out man this is uh getting ridiculous he can do like connective passing off the ball he can do on ball passing the handle though like you said he like has like a half hezzy that he sometimes like sometimes gets him downhill, but if the Hezzy doesn't work, then he needs a screen. Um, and I, I, I think that's okay. <laughs> um, I like, I, I buy him so much as a passer and like, at least as a straight line driver, like I think when he's just going downhill one way off of a screen, his ball security isn't bad. Like, I don't think he's turning the ball over a ton live dribble like that. Um, but he like does a lot of the like the small stuff. He crosses a lot in transition to get defenders mismatched and then makes the read to like the guy who has the other end of the mismatch because he's not actually a good enough offensive player to like deal with it himself. But he is really good at doing little stuff like that to set up his teammates without having to create an advantage using a screen or from a standstill or whatever. He just finds these little ways uh, to exploit opponents' defenses that I I think I buy translating, but when it's when that's all that it is is craft, um, especially because he, he I I literally don't know what else he does like super well on an NBA floor. Um, it's it's a really tough evaluation. So I tried to go really in depth with the passing when I was watching. I would break down a lot of his passes like multiple times, really trying to get a sense for what he's seeing and what he's not seeing. Because I think when that's your only skill, like it really does have to be like at the highest level. And I'm just not, I, I don't even, I'm not quite there with like Stone where he's like at one of the top passes I've ever watched. Now he's probably a top five passer in this class, but I, I'm not confident that he's like truly at that top end. I think that he is just slightly more reactive than proactive as a passer. And that's not always a bad thing. It's nice to be able to react to the defense. And I think some of this is the handle, but like, he's so, he's so like, I shouldn't even say reactive versus proactive. That's not even the best way to describe it. He gets so locked into like one idea sometimes that he does struggle to adjust. And 
it's not always there, but I think it's it's consistent throughout his tape that he doesn't always see the highest leverage read. He makes great reads, but it's not always the best read. Um, his touch on passes is great, and I'm obviously nitpicking here. Everything you guys said is is completely 100% correct. Like He can make every pick-and-roll pass in the book. When he does get an advantage, he's great at leveraging that. Um, he makes good skips. Um, I, I think he does kind of struggle with – I couldn't find another a better way to put this with the third level of defense. You think of the first and the second level as first is kind of the guy guarding you or anyone like immediately stepping up to the ball. The second level tends to be either, you know, that big in drop or, or, you know, any help. And that third level is sort of that like intangible piece that like the best passers can see. I think that's guys like Trey young. That's guys like, like Luka Doncic or even Josh Giddy had this, I think, where they can really manipulate tertiary defenders to get them to go where they want and then make those extra advantaged reads. And I know it's like I'm being so nitpicky, but as we're going to talk about, like I think there is literally nothing else Jurisdiction does at like an NBA caliber level. So I think it's important to nitpick his passing. And I and he could he could step on a team, some teams in the NBA, and probably be the best passer on that team in terms of just pure court mapping and delivery. But I don't think it it combines well enough with anything else to really make that worth it because I don't think he's like a point guard, even like like partially because of the handle, but also partially because he's just not to that level of manipulative. That's how I'll put it. Um, I also think he's just a major overpasser. Um, you have got to be able to hunt your own shot sometimes. Every once in a while, you have got to take a three or go for a layup, and he just won't unless. And when he does go to shoot, he predetermines. He's like, "Oh, it's he." It's like he looks at a watch and he's like, "Oh, it's time for me to shoot now." Like it, my my, it's my time of the game that I'm going to shoot, and he'll like force up bad shots because he's like not reacting to different things. Instead, he's like. Well, I've passed 12 times and now they're just sitting on passes. So I have to shoot a couple times. And it's really hard to like put a handle on without clips, but I think it's a it's a it's a major issue prevalent in this game that he just he he can't score and he doesn't look to score. There are times he has like like wide, wide open jumpers on, on a catch and shoot, and he gets like all the way in the air, the closeout's like four feet away. And then he's like, wait, actually, I want to pass. Well, he's like standing in midair and there's a closeout like slowly coming to him. And he makes great jump passes. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's just not what I want. Like you have to be able to score a little bit. And I just don't think he has it. And I think the handle is really, really bad. Coop, I'll throw this to you. I know I just talked for a long time, but how do you feel about the handle? And then if you also want to kind of combine that with his scoring and ability to do literally anything else offensively, go ahead. Yeah, the handle is like okay in a straight line, but he has zero bag. Um, he has zero like skill as a as a driver. Like he can go straight line. The ball usually he's really good at like picking the ball up with two hands and then making sure that he doesn't get stripped as a driver is one of his like more just like random things that he's really good at. Uh, the problem is that as like a finisher with any kind of contact, the touch just turns to shit. Um, he's like so he's such a below the rim finisher that guys will make contact with him a lot. 
And so he can't really finish the ball like as a driver. So it's really hard to like leverage that or leverage like a floater game into more passes, which is really scary. Um, he like has he like he has the athleticism to be like a lob catcher in like transition or like his back door, but it only happened like twice. Um, and he can finish a little bit with either hand, which is all right. But like the same problem where any amount of contact just means that the ball's not going in. Uh, and then the, the other major thing is is the shot, which is a disaster. Uh, he's confident as a pull up shooter. And just as a shooter in general, but like Bryce said, he, he just kind of makes up his mind. Uh, it's very flicky, but it's kind of like, like he's got a lot of craft. He's got pump fakes. He's got step throughs. He's got like, he moves his body really well. It's like create contact as a shooter. Uh, it's just the ball doesn't go in like at all. I think, let me pull up the percent, like almost made me cry when I was looking at it earlier. But he is playing for like the main team. He is at 24.2% from three, uh, according to Real GM. On like not a super difficult, but he's taking off the dribbles, he's taking spot ups. It's not like he's Gigi Jackson over here self-creating every single shot attempt he took. He has competent teammates who can pass him the ball. He just sucks at shooting and scoring the ball in general. Uh, the, the the issue with the jurisdiction right, is I don't buy the defense at all. Spoiler So offensively, probably two of these three things that I'm iffy on, probably higher than you guys, but not completely sold either, Um, is he has to either develop some sort of handle. I think the handle is bagless right now. I don't think he's uncoordinated. Like, like I said with ball, like I don't think he's uncoordinated. I just don't think it gets him anywhere. I don't think he can create any sort of separation because he's just got zero moves, right? So I'm a lot less optimistic on that. The finishing and shooting, I think, can be average enough to leverage the passing equity as really special. Um, I don't buy them necessarily fully, but I don't think that they're complete write-offs either. Um, I think the finishing, he misses a lot of like super easy stuff like like just open layups that should be going in. Um, I think that uh, he's big enough to be someone that can take contact. I, he, he hasn't shown that ability yet. And I think that it's something that he obviously really struggles with right now, but I think that um, in the hope is that uh, you're, you're betting on the strength because I think he actually is fairly strong um, and you're betting on the, the length um, to be able to uh, finish at an adequate level. The shooting, I think, is really iffy. I, I, again, I don't buy it as like a complete write-off. I think the touch is decent, and I think that he can shoot. Um, I think he has to be, put more confidence into his shot, take it more often, um, have someone that has that sort of confidence to to be like, you know, just – if you have an open three, take it. Don't don't look to get downhill and find someone to pass to. Take the open three. Um, and I think he has the touch to make it efficient enough to be utilized um, as a scorer. Like, he's not going to be, you know, ever probably a 20-point-per-game scorer or anything like that. But uh, if he can leverage the shooting enough and the finishing enough, 
I think that he can be in, you know, really maximize that passing. The final thing is how much does that craft translate? Because without the handle, which I don't buy at all, um, you have to have something that can get you some sort of advantage or else the passing is a moot point, especially in like any sort of connecting role when the defense doesn't exist. You you have to bring something that can get you an advantage um, because connective role is somewhat off the table without any sort of defense. And I think that dependent on how much you buy that craft and, and sell things he does in the Adriatic League translating, I think is ultimately determinant of where you're going to have Jurisic on your board and how you view him. Um, I think the handle, it's pretty hard to argue is, you know, league average or, or anywhere near that. So can he use that jab step to the same effectiveness in the NBA? Can he use these head fakes, these subtle um, little movements, the, um, you know, like little changes of pace and hesitation, uh, these like cross-body dribble moves that somewhat manipulate? And can he open windows just big enough to be able to exploit that the passing? I don't know the answer to that. I think that he does it at a very high level in the Adriatic League. I think it's going to be minimized at the NBA level, but to what extent, I just don't have the answer for. So that leaves me really up in the air. I don't want to get too far ahead of where I have Jurisic, but um, I think that that ultimately is like the deciding factor um, of of how you view him. And I think that you really have to buy one of those things between the craft, the finishing, and the shooting. You, you have to buy either one of those like very confident in them or you're not completely writing off any of them, which is where I'm at as, as coming around to average enough to be able to capitalize on that passing. I don't buy the shot at all. I think his touch is pretty bad. Um, I think that the form is just not there right now. He has this really absurd negative lean. It kind of looks like Wemby. Like I talked about in Wemby's like, where he has like that crazy negative lean, but obviously there's about a, what nine inch height difference or something crazy there um i th- i think he also has just like like a major he's not athletic in in the traditional sense but he's also like weirdly athletic where his most of his explosion comes from his right leg which is weird for a right-handed player especially because he's like a bad left-handed finisher like he he his best dunks come off like like this weird load onto his right leg and he does like a same foot same hand dunk and it's like oh that's kind of interesting until you realize that he doesn't have like the same type of athleticism in his left leg I don't know how that developed it's like it's the type of thing I've never really even seen um I don't think he can really finish I I get nervous that even against drop he's picking up his dribble after like one to two dribbles. Like, I just don't think the craft is really there. I don't think he puts enough pressure on the defense. Um, I just, and again, it's just being like slightly lower on the passing than stone. Like he's a good tight window passer, but I don't think he's like the best tight window passer, I guess. Like I, he's at his best, like above the break or dealing with breakdowns of defense, doing stuff that like a connector would do. Right. Like, I don't think he's great at, 
let me get into this tight lane and throw the most advantageous pass while there's like three guys on top of me. That's not really what he does. So I just, I just come down fairly like a meh on the offense. And honestly, I don't even know if we have to talk about the defense. He just plays so upright. He stands in one place. He doesn't really make plays. He's really slow on the ball. Like he's a mess defensively. So I'm kind of just like, for me, I'm not even sure I would draft Jurisic. I I'm that low on him. Like I just, I, he he's in my top UDFA tier, like below like a Mojave King. I just there's nothing about his game I I I really buy. I guess. Um, I don't know, Coop. Where are you at with? You can talk about his defense. You can kind of wrap up the scoring and then just tell us where you're at with Jurisic. Uh, the defense stinks. Um. One of the worst gamblers in the class, in a, in, in a class that has uh, Keontae George and others that are like top tier, just over, over gamblers to a ridiculous degree. Um, the only plus really is that he like hustles through screens can like over and over, but most of the time he tries to go under. And so I, I think at the NBA, he's going to get absolutely cooked defensively um value wise on my board um i think i i'm i'm gonna end up with him in my no fucking clues tier uh at the very top because i i can understand that there's like i i do think the passing is really good and i think if you really wanted to figure out a way for him to like be your backup point guard off of just pick and roll type actions and like straight line drives, but he's not going to be able to play in the playoffs ever. He's not going to really be able to shoot. He's basically like who I thought, um, who's the, who was the Jordan Hall? Like who I, like last year, he's who I thought Jordan Hall was before I watched the film and realized he did. He actually just sucked. Right. Like he can actually pass, but there's nothing else there. Um, he's funky. He's interesting for the right team. Maybe you spend an asset on him, but uh, he's not for me. Yeah. So for me, um, I think he's worth a first round pick. I think that the <laughs> the passing is so special that like I, I know Bryce doesn't buy it to the extent that I do, but because I buy it to the extent that I do, I think that you have to invest some sort of capital on that. Um, I think that you try and find a way to make the rest of the offense um, get to a level that you can really maximize that passing because I think it can be an, really a big difference maker. Defensively, I have no hope. Um, defensively, I think he's a, a pretty horrendous off-ball defender. Um, he's big. And that's about it, but he doesn't really use it in any way whatsoever. I think on ball, he gets cooked a lot. He gets uh, just blown by. Um, he's really bad at rotations. I think defensively, it's uh, I don't want to write anybody off, but he's about to close as that as you can get. Um, and I think offensively, I buy the shot more than Bryce. I buy the finishing more than you guys. Again, not to the point i'm confident in either of them translating but to the point where i think it's worth investing 
uh, and when you have a skill that elite, I think um, it's it's more than just a flyer to me. It's it's someone that I think you really can utilize as like a, a real difference maker for your team. And the risk reward ratio to me comes uh, at the probably back end of the first, as opposed to undrafted. I think that um, there's not many guys behind him that possess any sort of elite skill. Um, so taking a bet on that to me is, is worth it as somewhere in the late first, probably. So just a quick question. If, for, if you don't buy anything else and you don't think like, no matter how good the passing is, if he doesn't do anything else at an NBA level, do you take a guy who is probably never going to be able to touch the court in the playoffs or in high leverage situations? Like, is that guy still worth taking in the late first to you? Like, like I, at least so like Koulibaly, even if you don't super buy everything with him, at least there, there are worlds where he's a playoff contributor, right? Even if like the special isn't super special, but with Jurzic, like the the rest of the game is so bad, <laughs> right? I I think I view them like I think I view them equally in terms of if they don't work out, they're not gonna make it in the NBA. Like I think there's a lot of worlds where if Bilal doesn't develop anything offensively, he's out of the league. Um, you know, before the end of like five years or something, and I think you could say the same for Jurisic as well. Obviously. Um, I just think that for me, there's Bilal, I mean, his, I guess, elite skill would just be his physical tools, but like to me, Jurisic already has a basketball skill that like is to me really, really elite. And I think I, I, I don't, I don't buy necessarily the finishing or shooting, but I don't think it's, I, I wouldn't be any, any way shocked or surprised if, those things came around to an adequate enough level to maximize the passing. Like, I don't think the shooting or finishing are atrocious at the moment, like in terms of projection, I think both of those things um, have an opportunity to, to develop. And I think for me, it's worth taking that, that chance on that opportunity uh, late in the first, because in the second, there's, there's not a lot of guys to me that, uh, you know, possess any sort of high, high um, offensive contribution that Jurisic maybe could. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's one we're just probably going to be farther away on, and and that's you know how how the draft goes sometimes. Let's talk about Ryan Rupert, the latest Frenchman to find himself in the NBL. Gave us an excuse to watch more NBL ball. One of the like I can't tell like what his like like what his like range is or anything like that. I, I have no idea. Um, he measured in at six, six with a seven, two wingspan. So another just super long wing we're talking about. Um, he's 18 years old again, super young May 31st birthday. Oh, tomorrow's his birthday. Or as you guys listen to this, today's his birthday. Damn. Happy birthday. Ryan repair his, his rookie year uh, will be his age 19 season this year for the NBL um in their regular season he averaged 5.9 points per game on 35 23 70.9 shooting splits uh 0.9 assists 0.7 steals um for some more advanced stats he had 
a 8.3 assist rate to a 14% turnover rate, 2.2 steal rate, 1.0 block rate. I think the place to start here is the defense. Um, That stat profile I just read is not good. Notably not good at all. I'm going to come across probably slightly more positive than some, but lower than others. I think that stat profile does matter. But I also think that he is a potentially really high-level defender. Um, again, we mentioned the size, 6'6", 7'2", wingspan, and it shows on tape. He is long. He has great hands. Um, I think his ability to stay connected to drivers is one of my favorite individual skills in this whole class. Um Getting around screens is hard for six six guys usually, and and he his screen nav isn't the type of like he's just gliding through. It looks like he's barely getting touched. He's not Kassan Wallace in that way. And Kassan had some issues screen nav, but like when Kassan did get through, through screens, it was like he got barely even touched. Repair is not quite like that, but what he is great at is staying connected, not getting ever just totally out of a play. He's great in recovery. His length, like I said, really pops. His contests are awesome. He's not vertically athletic, like, at all. Um, He really struggles to, um, you know, contest shots, like, at the rim. But overall, I think his on-ball defense, especially screen nav at the point of attack, really, really pops. Stone, what are your thoughts on on Rupert's kind of overall defensive profile? Um, I think it's good, not like elite. Um, I think that, uh, I don't love the screen nav. I thought that he has issues getting around bigger guys. Obviously he's six, six, so it's harder, but, um, I think that, uh, he, he has some angle issues as well off of screen, uh, screens. Um, I do think he's like fairly decent at the point of attack um, in, in those situations. I don't think that's going to be what he's primarily asked to do at an NBA level. But uh, when he was put in those situations, I thought he's very one of the better guys in this class at shifting his body weight one way or another um, and staying with guys in that way. I thought he digs at the nail very hard. Um, I liked that as well. Um I thought he just does a lot of things good. Like I, I think overall he's he does a lot of good things uh as a defender um that aren't necessarily like eye popping like Kassan level, but um I think that uh, you know I buy him enough on that end to project him as a as an a positive NBA defender. Um I, I think um the off ball defense, he stays engaged with his guys. He's not really losing track on rotations a whole lot. Um I I think he's just like really solid across a lot of areas, which I guess you could say makes him a, a really good defender. Um, but he he wasn't like, um, I wasn't blown away watching his defense, but I thought he was he was pretty solid, pretty good. Okay, time for me to take on the role of hater because uh, somebody has to do it today. My I agree with you guys on a lot of it. My my two big issues with him defensively are that he fouls a lot and they're dumb fouls like oh let me just sprint at this guy and like just try and, and take the ball and he just misses right and oh um, he his hand placement isn't great as like a defensive playmaker and he just ends up committing a lot of stupid fouls 
Uh, my other big issue is that he messes up a lot of like switches and like kind of simple scheme stuff. So, you know, it, it, they, at least from what I saw, tried to switch a lot of actions, at, at least on the wing. And he would not be in good places. He wouldn't be anticipating switches and he would mess up and either stick with his man. And then the guy who he was going to switch with also went with him or he would switch and the other guy wouldn't. There was just a lot of miscommunication. Maybe that's not all him. He is playing in Australia, not exactly known for its, you know, crisp communication and defensive rotations, but um, I think he's one of the younger guys on this team. So I'm going to, on like a pretty decent breakers team, uh, that went to the finals, you know, for the for the NBL after being, you know, absolute dog shit the last few years. So good for them. And repair, like, was 100% part of that. Um, I just, there, there was a lot of little stuff defensively that I wasn't the biggest fan of. Yeah, he's definitely raw. But I actually think I, like, I think I might buy the overall defensive upside with him slightly more than Koulibaly. It's close, and I think both project in similar roles. But I just think, like, and Repair also, I think, projects to put on less strength than Koulibaly. He's just, like, narrower. His body's narrower. Um, but I think his, like, stride length, his his footwork is is not great, but, like, it's it's effective. Like, I just think there's a lot of stuff defensively. Now, I will say, like, again, I, the low man stuff is pretty bad right now. His nail help is okay, not great. He kind of gets lost. He really struggles to like spread his focus. He can stick on one guy or watch the ball, but he can't really do both. Um, so there's issues there. But I think there's at least like that's a skill to hang the hat, hang his hat on. Offensively, I think there's a lot more questions. Stone, I'll throw this to you. You can start with the scoring or the playmaking. Just kind of walk us through one of those aspects of repairs game. Well, there's not much to walk through as a scorer. Uh, I don't think that. Uh, there's really much I buy. The, the playmaking is interesting because I think he does really well attacking uh, downhill. I really loved his passing, especially along the baseline in particular. Um, I thought that, like, cutting, um, he's a pretty solid cutter, and uh, if he's seeing, like, uh, secondary cutters towards the opposite side of the baseline or if he's driving downhill and there is someone cutting from one of the wings, he's he's really good at finding those guys. Um, he can make one-handed passes a lot on live dribbles. Um, I thought the accuracy on his passes were pretty bad, but uh, just the vision uh, and the uh, somewhat creativity that comes along with the passes were uh, fairly intriguing to me. Um, that's that's really what I bought most with him is the passing on the move, the live dribble passing. Uh, like I said, the accuracy is very off right now. I thought it was really bad, but... Uh, it's something that you can obviously improve on with reps. Um, I, I thought he like ripped off the catch very, very well. Um, he's very decisive, like what he's going to do once he gets the ball uh, as an off ball guy. I uh, really liked that. And this first step was fairly quick. Um, I mean, you can talk about how much that translates to scoring, but to me, I, I didn't really buy anything uh, in that regard. Yeah, I think for the playmaking, um, I, I'm with you. Like, live drill passing is great. He can make, like, one-handed passes. He has a good feel for just, like, finding the role, man, especially 
especially like like empty side or second side pick and rolls i thought he 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 was really great he wasn't playing with like a ton of great spacing or great roll men but like he managed to make it work i thought him and jarell brantley had great chemistry um just being able to drive baseline pick up the ball with one hand look to the corner like he's going to make that type of pass and then do a one-handed dump off to the big like that's pretty impressive for for a guy his size you know, is the handle complex? No, but I actually think he's really good at attacking open space. Like he just has a good feel for um, where the space is and 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 how to attack it with, with like simple moves. He's not explosive, but he is like solidly quick. I would say he can, he can get into the lane. Um, the issues are everything else. Um, that lack of explosiveness at the rim is really killer. Um, his, like I said, his, his two point percentage, it's not a ton of pull up twos. He shot, um, he shot 35% from, from two basically in the regular season, uh, 36.9. If you count all his NBL games and historically he's not a good, like two point shooter. It's be, it's because like, he's just not explosive. He just cannot really consistently finish above the rim or even like, at the rim consistently he's just not that type of guy he's um his touch is not great either um he struggles to manufacture good finishing angles again like if he's playing in more space like i think he's good at doing that type of like he can attack a lane well he's just not developed as as a finisher and the explosiveness leaves a lot to be desired and as for the jumper it's just it's just kind of a mess like i the ball sits, so it starts on his right hip, way out in front of his body, and it wheels all the way around, kind of like KD's, but instead of like KD's where it's like off to the side of his head and more flicky and quicker, it comes all the way up to the top of his head, drops, and then goes back up. It's a really weird, funky, uncomfortable looking motion. Again, I, the touch isn't great. Um, He's just, if he can shoot, which I think it would take some work, I think there's something there, but man, like the offense in terms of scoring is so far away. Despite me liking the playmaking, the playmaking is not good enough that he can be just a, like, he can't be like an every down pick and roll ball handler. He's much better as like a second side, you know, uh, uh, DHO type guy. And I just don't know if he can do that with the, with the scoring deficiencies. Coop, how'd you feel about repairs kind of general offensive game? I mean, the flashes, like you said, are interesting. The passing especially, like his delivery is really fun. It's really funky. Um, he sees stuff really well. Um, it's just his touch is dog shit. Um, on the inside, on jumpers, there's like just absolutely nothing there. And he doesn't like move a ton off the ball. Um, he doesn't really, he fake crashes the boards, which is like, my pet peeve, like how Stone's pet peeve is like fake helping. If you're just going to like fake crash the boards and then like, oh, no, this guy's in front of me. But I swear I'm pushing. I'm, I'm trying to get around him. You just look like a wet towel down there. Uh, nothing makes me more angry. And repair does it all the time. Um, just get back on defense. <laughs> right. Transition defense is a whole lot more helpful than than fake offensive rebounding. But uh if he can't shoot or like even he can't even he misses like open layups a lot of the time like it's really bad 
Um, and if he can't do that, I just, I, I just don't think he's an NBA player. Like end of conversation. It doesn't matter how funky the rest of the game is. Like at, at least with Jurisic, I buy him making a wide open layup or being able to dunk with repair. I don't really buy him being able to do those things because he hasn't really shown, shown it to me. Uh, he's, he's just really, he's semi-interesting defensively, but the offense is, is just such a nothing burger. Yeah. So it just takes me to overall value. And I struggled with repair a little bit. Um, I, I think where I come down on him is that he'd be in my draftable fires range, which is my final draftable tier. That's in a tier with guys like Judah Mintz and Jaden Hutchfino. He's probably at the top of that tier. I like the defense. I like the passing. I just think the athleticism leaves so much to be desired. And, and the, I, the scoring is not really there. Like I could buy, like, even if he wasn't a great athlete with bad touch, like if he had just a little more craft, that'd be fine, but that's not really who he is. And he's not like such a good defender that, you know, it, it, it makes me want to value him higher. Now he's, he's a guy who could absolutely stick in the league. If he starts to hit some, some open threes, I think he's going to stick in the league. Um, You know, so so I, I get some argument for maybe me being too low on it, but that's where I come across. Stone, where are you at with repair? Um, I have him at 51 currently as a guy that I would maybe take in the late second or would prioritize as a UDFA type guy. Um, I think the touch is atrocious. Uh, I have no hope at all for any sort of three-point shot to ever come around uh, in our lifetimes uh, or probably his. Um, I just don't really see that as functional um i said that he does not take any sort of contact well near the rim that's really my only optimism i have with him is he's 19 and the touch is horrendous but hopefully he can become a cutter that is not completely contact diverse so he has something to offer offensively because i like the playmaking and i like the defense enough to to take a chance on as like a two-way guy um but I, I think, I mean, the way I view him is like um, like filling the role of a Jalen Clark, but he's two years younger. So I, that's really the, the only optimism I have in comparison. The only reason I have him higher, really, is just because you're betting on that two years of development, hopefully um, making something on offense come to fruition as, as he can put the ball in the hoop in some way or another. Um, but uh that's where i'm at with him is is late late second like one of the last five picks in the second round or uh someone i'd i'd give a two-way to yeah i have him uh right above Jalen clark and right below uh bryce's favorite player in the entire world Bobby clintman in my maybe a guy tier i think the offense like offense is just disgusting but the defense, um, it's like maybe enough for him to like evolve into something and figure something out and, and get enough G League time to to have some sort of facet to his, you know, offensive game. Uh, but it's it's just it's rough sailing for him at the moment. Second to last guy we're gonna talk about, and that's uh Stone's gonna get mad at me for saying like this. That's Barca's James Najee. Um, Najee's probably going to go really quick because I Stone put it best when he said 
you can watch him for 30 seconds and get a feel for who he is. I think that's absolutely true. Um, now, Najee is from Nigeria. Uh, he is listed at 7 feet, uh, 250. He did not measure at the combine. If I were to guess, he probably has at least like a 7-4 wingspan. Um, he seems to have pretty long arms. Uh, not he doesn't like I don't I would be shocked if he had like that like Mark Williams, Mo Bamba, like Rudy Gobert wingspan. If he did, he probably would have measured at the combine. Just that's how I would put that. Um this season, again, playing for, for Barcelona in, in, in the top league, uh in, in League ACB and, and Euro League. In Euro League, he only played 6.5 minutes. In Liga ACB, he played 11.8 per game. We'll give the ACB stats. He averaged 4.7 points per game on 67.10, splits, grabbed 2.9 rebounds, assists, steals, don't matter, 0.7 blocks um, for some for some rate stats. He had a 6.1 block rate, 1.4 steal rate. 6.1 block rate is pretty good when you consider um, like the way the leagues tend to work over there. That's a pretty solid number. 4.1 assist rate. That's what I was talking with the great nest Jeff Neusser about uh, Muhammad Gay's freshman year. Uh, Muhammad Gay had, a, I believe, a, a four or something assist rate. And he put it as anything below five is an accidental assist rate. That means the only assists he got were completely accidents, whether that be a, a throw to the corner, the guy hits four moves and, and then scores something or, you know, something of that sort. That's when your assist rate's that low. It's that's what that is. All had an almost a 20% turnover rate. Turns the ball over a ton for someone as low usage as him. I think that's worth noting, but did have a 14% offensive rebound rate. I think Najee, again, we mentioned is really easy. I want to talk about the defense because that's where the most nuance and depth is going to come from his game. I think that he is solid at executing certain things but really raw overall defensively. This is not a Derek Lively where Lively was, while Lively has his issues, Lively really developed as like an overall drop defender over the course of the year. I don't think Najee's quite there. Now, Najee is young. I I forgot to say this because I'm dumb. He's an August 14, 2004 birthday. He's 18. He won't turn 19 until August. So he will, his rookie season will be his age 19 season. Super young. But I think his drop coverage is... He it's okay, but he's not instinctual. He really just like has an overall lack of instincts that worries me. Um, he he's never like making like really bad mistakes, but he's over committing to either a block or a box out or something like that. Um, he's he's super late, like in in making reads and kind of the tougher situations and drop. Um, and his help defense is just like not there at all right now. Like he's bad as the low man. Um, he's super late on contest. He, he just doesn't have a great feel, great natural instincts. Um, and that's what I, you know, I, I would really like to see aside from the, just, he's clearly has the requisite size, the requisite athleticism. He's bouncy. He's not like an Uber quick leaper, but he's not like a super low leaper either. I just, I'm just not confident that the instincts are there and I'm not confident that they can develop because he's he's played so few minutes up to this point in his career and he's just he's just a little bit behind the eight ball I think and and even though he's young I'm not sure it's something that's like super fixable especially because he might be stashed Coop how do you how do you feel about Nashi's defense overall um well there's some cool moments with like the shot blocking um 
like with within tight spaces, he's like, I wouldn't say he's like quick off the floor or like super quick reactively, but he's so overbearing physically um, and just so strong. Um, I I don't really know like super what his NBA role is, what he like brings to the NBA game. Um, he is bouncy and he has really hard blocks and there's not really much else that he does. He, I, I do think that the steal rate is kind of inflated just from watching like, um, you know, I went through, watched some, some highlight film of some of the stuff called like steals for him. And it is, uh, a lot of it is, it's just the other guy turns the ball over, right? Like I, I get and Even then it's like a lot of it, the ball doesn't officially get turned over but they still call it a steal for him. It's a lot of, uh, I just don't know what he really brings to an NBA floor defensively. I don't think he can, he's like big, and, like he's massive, but I don't know if he's like big and mobile enough to like purely play and drop. And he's not going to be able to play in anything else because he can't operate out of anywhere, but right next to the basket. I mean, I think a lot of it is the competition he was playing and he's just huge, right? Like he is, absolutely massive um you mentioned like seven foot he's probably like that the wingspan is pretty huge uh but he's also just like probably five feet across like he's just massively broad um and i think he could just suck up space so much because of how big he is like he just um he, he takes away different angles and stuff um in in uh with barca because he's uh, playing against guys that aren't necessarily, you know, the best cutters, the guys that can uh, exploit different spaces. Um, and I think that uh, he's really good at just taking away a lot of space that guys can't really get into. Um, I think that uh, the shot blocking is fine. Like, I think he's fine off the ground. It wasn't like eye popping to me uh, in terms of load time or anything. Um I don't think he's like any sort of high level primary rim protector. I think he's going to be just maybe fine at that. Um, I think he's going to struggle to switch directions um, one way or another as like a help guy. Um, I, as far as like even the rebounding, I had some quibbles about like, I think he's uh, obviously huge, um, but he's not dominating what he how he should be uh, in the league that he was playing with the size that he is um, like, there's a lot of room for growth because he's so young. Um, I think he needs to establish himself a lot better as a rebounder because with his size, like he could be pulling down a lot of boards uh, and he could be pushing guys like out the way uh, a lot of like NBA centers out of the way with his body. Um, maybe that's something that comes along with time because he's so young. Like I said, uh, but currently is just like not really a part of his game. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, it's basically can he be enough of a factor within like three or four feet of the rim uh, to be, you know, like any sort of real deterrent? Um, all right, that's probably that's probably enough on the defense. I think you can kind of get a feel. Like, it, I think he seems high upside, but again, like I'm not sure the instincts are great, and I think a lot of like upside is tied to instincts. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think upside, even for bigs, is tied one-to-one to someone's athleticism and size. Now, 
he does have the benefit that he looks like an NBA player. He's big and long and, and, you know, athletic. He could definitely jump. Like I said, like he can block shots. I think his recovery defense is really bad. His hips are pretty slow. Um, so I, I think there's definitely some worries there. Offensively, Najee's a mess. There's just really nothing to latch on to with his game offensively, other than like wide open dunks. Um, his toucher on the rim is not great. He can definitely dunk. Like he's a fine role man. He can he can catch lobs. He can stand in the dunker spot. But that's really it. Like he can't post up. He definitely can't like make reads. Um, he's a h- horrible decision maker and passer. He just does not have that feel for for what's unfolding on the court. He will occasionally like try a grab and go or do like a little rip move. And he has like a good first step and he's pretty explosive off of one foot. Um, But I'm not sure that really translates super well to the league other than just like the every once in a while, there might be like a random, you know, uh, uh, um, oh, who is that? Uh, Who's that piston center? Who's like Andre Drummond? There might be a random Andre Drummond highlight type thing where it's like, oh, why did a big guy do that? Yeah, you know, he's going to get comps like Ibu Baji or um, Kamagate. He's kind of similar to those guys in some ways. I think Baji was way more instinctive as a shot blocker um, and and probably more springy off the ground. Uh, or not more springy off the ground, but probably bigger. Um, but I, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with his offense. Coop, do you have anything? Is there anything else stood out to you with Najee's offensive game? No. Yeah, um, I'm basically the same. <laughs> uh, I think that the uh, the screening potential is huge because he's just so massive. There's a couple times where guys like literally would fall to the floor after getting hit with one of his screens, but he doesn't do it frequently enough uh, at this point in time. Um, he, he needs to not slip as much as he does to be like a role man. Um, I think that he can be like some sort of lob threat uh but basically his offense is mitigated to uh being a lob threat and being like a cleanup guy but like i stated earlier i think that's where the rebounding issues come in in terms of positioning and things like i think it can be a really effective cleanup guy getting second shots um but it's not there right now because his positioning is so poor um the footwork is awful uh that's why he's not really any much of a post guy um because he's just it feels like he is like learning how to use his body almost. I, I'd be interested to know if he had like a huge growth spurt or something because uh, it feels like he he doesn't really use his feet all that well and he's not like almost used to uh, the sort of um, leg stride length that he can get um, by posting up. So there's not a lot there. He, he can't pass um, as we as we noted at the turnovers and, and make reads like Bryce said. So uh, basically... Um, I I just see him as a screen and roll uh, guy who can hopefully uh, learn the more technical aspects of rebounding to be a a offensive glass cleanup type guy. Yeah, so it takes to overall value. Um, I I feel like I've gotten more amenable to being in on like bigs, right? Like I. I feel like when we first started this, like I was very like, you know, that type of, oh, don't draft bigs unless blanket blank. And and, and I've kind of moved past that. Last year I was in a Coloco. This year I like guys like Con Castleton. I like Derek Lively. 
You know, I, I'm I'm more in on like bigs. Najee just doesn't do it for me. He's just he's not instinctive enough. I I don't think his tech technique is so good that I'm like that can overcome a lack of instincts. He's just kind of big and and athletic and. Listen, he might stick in the league for that. I, for all I know, I don't see a path to him being like uber valuable. Um, I don't think he's like switchable. I don't think he can make reads offensively. I just, I for me, that's not a draftable player. Now he's in my top UDFA because he's young and he, like I said, he's big enough, athletic enough. Like I'd give him a two way probably, especially now that I have three two ways. Like, yeah, why not? But I'm not in love with his with his game enough to, to really spend real draft capital on him. Uh, Stone. Yeah. I, uh, I would not give him a two way. Um, I, I don't really buy him as any sort of prospect. Um, you know, hopefully he has success, uh, and can get, um, get a two way or, or, or even higher. Uh, cause I mean, a lot of people have him like, you know, top 40 or something. And, uh, hopefully that happens for him. And if not, hopefully he can carve out a successful, career playing professionally elsewhere but right now um obviously he's young the tools are big he doesn't really use them in any sort of way and i just i don't think he really has any sort of basketball skills that would translate to the nba so um i i would not spend a, a two-way contract on him i have him uh at the bottom of my na tier which has him as the the very last guy on my board right now um I just don't get it, honestly. Um, he, like what? There. That's good enough, probably. Uh, I just don't yeah, get it. Anything, anything else is just gonna be, is just gonna be extra. So we'll just leave it there. Let's uh, let's move on to the last guy and talk about someone who I feel like, I feel like draft Twitter's in on, and I. But I don't know. I I feel like draft Twitter used to have this more collective feel with the step in, and now it's kind of. Uh, falling apart into a, a bunch of um you know just dis, dis, uh you know indistinct uh, uh chattering whatever um and that's Tristan Buchevich I, I believe that's how that said sorry if I if I am not saying that right um Buchevich I I feel like has kind of been known throughout the season but then like he really popped off because he played in the combine stri- scrimmages a lot of people who you know, based a lot of their scouting on that stuff, saw him there. He also measured really well. He measured in at 6'11.25, uh, so basically 7'1", like 7.5 to to seven one in shoes, depending on how you wanted to say that, with a 7.25 wingspan. That's pretty good size. Like, that's legit five size. Um, he played for KK Partizan this year. He's a March 11, 2003 birthday, so he's 20. Um, his his um, rookie season will be his age 20 season, should he play in the NBA. He also played in the ABA with um with bmax at mega bmax and um dursich um but they also partisan made the euro league uh too so that's that's important to note uh for in the aba he averaged 8.1 points per game on 58 40 um 81 shooting splits grabbed 3.2 rebounds 1.5 assists uh 0.5 steals 0.5 blocks 1.1 turnovers um you know his overall shooting number like on his career's it's kind of fluctuated, but it's overall been like solid 379 in 2021, uh, playing for Real Madrid in, in lower minutes, 34% off across a few leagues, playing a, a less consistent role in 21, 22. And then of course this year, 37.3 total. Um, so pretty solid 
shooting projection you would say um in in like across all leagues this year he had 66.5% true shooting which is just really good um and and I'm not sure if that's weighted by games or just by league but like you know overall that looks solid um you know just he's just funky so I think the I, I split this into post and perimeter offensively because I think that's the best way to do it let's start with his kind of post centric scoring or playmaking however you want to split this uh stone take it away yeah i i think that the the post offense is um <laughs> a lot of it is he's just so massive compared to competition like even more so than naji uh in the league that he's playing in there's just not really any guys that are nearly as big as he is so i think he's able to back him down although i do think like uh He's legitimately a good passer um, out of the post. And I think we'll talk about the perimeter too, but I think he's a legitimately good passer, finds cutters, um, someone that you're probably not running your offense through, but uh, on the odd, you know, possession here or there, um, I think, you know, a, a couple of times a game can get you that sort of uh, draw the help and, and pass to the open guy that's cutting. Um I think that he can really, really do that well. Um, I think that the touch is okay as a post guy. Um, I don't love it. Um, well, at least from that post area, I really do like it from three, but we'll get to that in a minute. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, he's just really solid. I don't think he has like the Sengun level moves um, as like, you know, quick footwork or anything or, something to get his guy uh, misdirection to be able to open a lot of different passing windows. But I think that with what he has to work with, he does a good job. And I think um, that was a pleasant surprise to me because I wasn't expecting him to be, uh, you know, much outside of being a guy who is a big shooter. Um, but the passing was was pretty interesting to me. I liked the post scoring quite a bit. And I know like, Post-scoring is of nebulous value in the league, but I think specifically when you're talking about like some backup centers, I think it's a good base to build on. I think we've seen guys like Isaiah Hartenstein and even Mason Plumley kind of build careers out of having that as a baseline as just like a place where, you know, a bad offensive team could have a place to go with their bench unit. And then building from there, he doesn't really have like a ton of moves in the post. But I think the touch is really good, including like he hits some really crazy like where he goes over his right shoulder and he doesn't have a very good left hand, but he just keeps the ball in his right hand and just like throws up some really high arcing little floaters and touch shots and, and fadeaways that are pretty good. I think his hook with his right hand is good. Um, he Like you said, he's just big. He's strong. He doesn't really like back guys way down a ton which is good and bad but like he doesn't really pick up fouls which is good and and um he does have like a solid drop step like he gets scored in the post and then i agree that his playmaking out of there too if you are gonna double him he's gonna make the right read um i like that he's not too quick to just like oh you enter to me this guy's even like feigning a double i'm just gonna throw it back out he's gonna make the defense commit and then he's gonna make a good read um i think that stuff is really valuable i also think that he can do like a face up rip and make a live dribble pass. It's not always going to be like a great pass, like super on target, but he can turn the defense a little bit out of the post. And I think that matters. Coop, how'd you, how'd you feel about his kind of post game post playmaking stuff? Yeah, it's not like the most advanced, but uh, he's, he's got like a nice little, like 
array of touch shots from like mid post in. Um, he mostly has like a push hard one way and then spin back the other and hope that you're like, he's kind of like a slow spinner. So he doesn't like cover a ton of ground, but it's usually enough to like get him an uncontested little like six foot jumper. And that's pretty nice. Um, I think he reads the floor. All right. The interior passing is really nice. Like when he's down there, he can make reads to the other big, um, even though, I mean, playing with Alan Smilik each, I mean, you're, you're basically a God. If you get any assists passing to the big man uh, and, and Smiley's your big man, but I, I think he's, he's all right. I, I don't think he's anything super advanced, but he's big. He's strong. He's got really long arms and he's got good enough touch and vision to like make that a thing, especially because I think the three point shooting is real. Um, I had just spent like an hour the night before talking to to Stone about how much I, I hate big man shooting and like how we talk about it as a community. But I think he's like one of the few guys who I like value their shooting because he can like actually do it from the corner, from the top of the, from the top of the arc. He can do it off the dribble even a little bit, not like super well. I bet if you pull up the numbers, they're, they're kind of shitty. There's flashes. In like one, two dribble pull up, um, you know, and, and I think his touch as a jump shooter is pretty nice and gives him like a good baseline as an offensive player. Yeah, it does kind of transition us to the to the perimeter game, which I think is 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 a good time. Um, I'll say actually quickly with the post, I think he's a really good screener. I think he's a pretty rough roll man because like now he could probably be a solid short roll guy. We'll talk about the handle in a second. But, like, he's not athletic enough to, like, catch lobs. And I don't think, like, his – he has soft hands, but I don't think he is um, particularly good right now at, like, angles and, and really using positioning well for, like, quick duck-ins and stuff. His preferred post-ups are super stagnant, let me get exactly where I want, and, and less, like, taking advantage of tighter space. But I'm with you, Coop, on the shot. I think the shot is – as legit as it can be, I don't think he's like a great pick and pop threat. He hasn't really figured out that footwork, but he'll hit some like trail threes. He can hit spot ups all over the court. Like you mentioned, like every once in a while, a little one, two pull up. I just think the touch is really good. And that helps me buy like more upside to it as well. Like, is he going to be like Davis Berton's like bombing off of a ton of movement? No, but I think like the, it's a good baseline to build like, he doesn't just like have to take like a million years to set up the, the load is slow, but I think that's partially just cause he's so big. Um, he can kind of catch it like in weird spots and put the ball in the hoop still. So I think there's something there. He can't, he's just not athletic enough to really like attack a closeout though. He, if he is going, if he's going to get a closeout, he's going to try and turn it into a post up. Um, maybe he can kind of get like a half step and then make a read, but it just like, I'm still to the point where it's like, aside from pick and pops, I'm not sure how valuable a shooting is because you can close out super hard to him and he's not going to be able to punish that. So I, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Stone, how'd you feel about, you know, the, the general perimeter game from Vucevic? Uh, I really liked it. I, I, I'm sold on him. Like I, I am legitimately sold on him being, a floor spacing big man. I think the shot projects really well. Uh, I liked a lot of what he was doing um, as uh, a guy who just gets it up quick. Uh, I liked the touch a lot from three. Um, and he was in that role of like 
just stand in the corner a lot of times. And uh, I think that <laughs> as mean as it might sound, I actually think that's probably the best role for him. Um, it just sort of be like a, a floor spacer who stands in the corner, waits to get a, a spot up and, and can hit it, a catch and shoot guy. Um, I think uh, he's got issues, like you said, as far as a little bit of footwork stuff, but um, I just, I really buy the touch uh, from three. I thought it was really awesome. Um, I don't think it can really do anything in terms of leveraging it to get to closer to the rim. Like I thought the handle is uh, probably the worst in this class. Um, I don't think he can like, you know, pump fake and, and then, take a couple dribbles to get closer. That's not really going to be something in his game, but, um, and the acceleration is, is horrendous as well. Uh, so those two things I think prevent any sort of leverage of the three outside of the possible passing, because I do think he's a good passer, but in terms of just the shooting alone, I thought it was really projectable and something uh, that it is really going to translate. He doesn't force much either. I noticed he's not like, jacking up threes as as you know a guy's really coming out far and him closing out hard um i think that he's going to be uh able to just make a lot of open catch and shoot threes if he's given the opportunity and uh it's going to be a skill that definitely translates yeah i i, I don't think the handles i think you're being a bit over dramatic with the worst in the class to be honest but because again like he's someone who can at least like take one or two dribbles and not dribble off his foot he just that's not really who he is like that's not what he wants to do but like i I don't know it's not horrible to me um this transition is something that is horrible though and that's just the defense um in general um there's just nothing on the defensive end to to talk about with any real positive verve i think like uh the hands are bad he's he's not like absurdly slow laterally actually like he is like he looks like he could maybe stick on some fours, but like not really. He can't switch and there's no rim protection feel there at all. He's never dropping. He's always hard hedging and doing like a really weak hard hedge and recover, to be honest. Like it's not even a good hard hedge. Um, he's just not anything defensively. Coop Stone, do you guys have anything to add to that side of the ball? He is an automatic blow by on the perimeter. Like, uh, there's, I, I don't think there's a single NBA player that he can guard. He, even like, I think Luca Garza is going to be like automatic on on getting blowbys on him. It's it's really bad. There's flashes of good verticality around the rim, uh, but they're not consistent. He has a lot of stupid fouls. He can't stay vertical a lot. Fake helps a lot. Um, he like maybe you could use him because he's just so massive as just pure drop, like jazz type shit just funnel everybody into him and pray that he doesn't like foul out of the game or give up 400 points because he's just humongous but i don't think that he's a good enough mover or has good feel or has really flashed enough to project that um and yeah i there's just not much there defensively yeah i think he's pretty much atrocious in all aspects defensively uh what Cooper was saying is it right where I think you probably just try and keep him um as close to the room as possible for as much of the game as he can um I don't think he's gonna foul out because I don't really project him of getting that kind of minutes uh but I I think that um having him be 
someone I, I think ultimately the role if we're ready to just talk about kind of where we have him because there's not much to add defensively um is that he is maybe can be that sort of Luca Garza role where it's just hopefully like instant offense from the big man position uh and the the shooting is legit enough to be um you know a guy that can hopefully help you at all three levels like he could probably spot up from mid-range spot up from three uh and we mentioned the post scoring already so um maybe he's someone that can you know just help you in a lot of ways offensively probably gives it all back defensively uh but can maybe carve out a role um by just being someone teams trust enough to get a bucket when they really need it off the bench yeah i have him in my bigs who i like but nah uh, tier sandwiched between Colin Castleton and uh, right above Bobby Clintman. Um, so I think he can shoot it. He can do enough offensively to like actually be valuable. Um, he's kind of funky, but the defense is just so bad that it's uh, it's hard to buy him as like a legit, like a draftable prospect. Yeah, I forgot to mention where I have him. I have him at 57 on my board as like a guy I would probably give a two-way to. I'd probably draft Buchevich just um in that back end of the second round, just because like I think that's a good place to just take kind of funky guys. Like that I don't know. That's my general philosophy anymore with that back end of the second round is like just take some swings, just like, you know, whatever. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It doesn't matter. Vucevic, like, if he hits, is like a really, really high-level backup big. Like, I, I really believe that. There's a lot of, like, solidness to his game that could help. And bench units, like, as we've seen, like, is a real competitive advantage in the league. And there's not enough bench point guards to go around. So maybe you find that in 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 the big. Um, but, yeah, that's about all, that's about all we got, guys. Um this was uh this was a really fun podcast. We talked about, you know, some of the more interesting names in this class in general. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about everything for Coop at Ali underscore oop underscore coop for Stone Out Reporter underscore record. I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Make sure to give us a like, review, all that fun stuff. Check out the website if you want scouting reports on all these players as well as our updated big boards. Uh this has been the upside swings to be a draft podcast. We hope we are ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.